Welcome to the Project Purple Podcast, and this is Dino Varelli. On today's episode, we talk to alumni Tara on her Grand Canyon hike experience, along with owner and founder of I Conquer, the Grand Canyon Hikes, Gene Taylor. First of all, tell us a little bit about you and your story and what brought you to Project Purple. Months ago, I got a call from my father, Terry, who lives out of state, and um, he wasn't feeling well. And we quickly um, found out that he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer stage 2B. And so shortly after that, he um, underwent a Whipple, um, which initially went really well and then kind of um, went down pretty complicated. So for our three-week hospital stay, um, in the waiting room of the ICU, I started doing some research to um, uh, actually try and find some sort of um, pancreatic cancer charities and maybe some scholarships or financial aid for my dad because he builds custom homes and I knew he'd be out of work. So um, I found Project Purple. And then um, shortly after that in the springtime, um, I wasn't handling everything so well and my husband said to me, you need to hire a therapist or sign up for a marathon. (laughs) And he knows that in the past there, uh, running has always been my therapy. So I looked Running's probably cheaper, right? Like compared to hiring a therapist. (laughs) So, uh, he left the house to run errands. And when he was back, I had signed up with project purple to run grandma's marathon last June. Um, so that was, um, first interaction I had with Project Purple, and it was a great experience, very therapeutic, and it was the first marathon my dad ever saw me run. So that was um, just about a year ago. Awesome. Yeah, Grandma's is coming up in June, and we're excited off of uh, last year's first time being there for us, and you were part of that first team, and uh, it's a pretty special experience for you and your family as well as for us, and we've built that team this year to uh, to over 30 runners, which is pretty special um, in a second year to have that amount of growth is, uh, is special. So thank you to you and your family for believing in that first year. I know it's not the place or the situation you want to be in, but uh, as I say, out of a, a really crappy situation, you make something really positive happen. So appreciate it. So- thank you. First time we ever run a marathon for a charity, and it took the whole experience of training and actually doing the race to a whole new level. Um, and uh, it uh, is always—it's a memory that I'll always remember. Not only the therapeutic training for the marathon, but actually the race itself and having the support of um, Project Purple. It just—it um, was uh, a great experience for me. Well, thank you, Tara. And uh, let's shift gears here a little bit because you were fortunate as well um, to go to the Grand Canyon in Arizona and also uh, experience our I Conquer or Conquer the Canyon as we call it here. Uh, So talk to us a little bit about that experience and and what I really want to share with our listeners, Tara, is naturally you got to get to Phoenix. 
right? And that you, whether you get there by car, we've got some people out in California that we've talked to that are like, hey, we'll drive. I'm like, okay, just get to Phoenix. Um, what Walk us through that whole process of just, um, you know, I conquer Grand Canyon hike is a three-day exposition uh, into the Grand Canyon. Um, for those of you who fly in, you fly into Phoenix, and there's a shuttle there waiting for you. So let's talk. Uh, we'll talk about the first half of the journey. So like, hey, you get off a plane in Phoenix, you get on that shuttle, and then what's it like for you as a participant? Well, even actually before arriving to the airport, um, you fill out a questionnaire um, so that I conquers guides can help kind of gauge um, what kind of hike they're going to plan for you. And then I simply bought a flight to Phoenix, and that's all I did. Uh, I arrived at the airport, and the shuttle, I Conquer shuttle, was there to pick me up. Uh, it took me, this was on Friday evening. I worked a full day at work and flew in in the evening um, on Friday, and they took me to um, uh, the hotel close by where the other participants were staying. And we woke up the next morning and had, you know, a nice buffet breakfast and the shuttle started our journey to the canyon, which is, was the start of the, you know, kind of I Conquer Grand Canyon weekend adventure. It was, I realized, much more than just the hike. So they took us through a scenic route through Sedona and we stopped for, I think, about an hour and a half or two and had lunch on our own and uh, did some shopping around Sedona. And then the shuttle continued to the canyon. And our first uh, experience with the canyon was, we called it meeting the canyon, but basically we met our guides and um, we got introduced to the canyon and got to set eyes on it for the first time for me. And um, the guides were instantly warm and welcoming and seemed to be just as excited as we were, which was uh, refreshing because they do this... Um, uh, all the time, um, but their excitement for taking us on this adventure was very obvious. Um, we got settled into our, the lodge, which was right on the um, state park and walking distance to the rim of the canyon, which was really neat. Um, so free time, you could simply walk from your room in the lodge right to the rim um, and check things out on your own too. So we went to the lodge. Um, it's not a four seasons hotel by any means, but it was very, uh, nice, accommodating, uh, clean lodge. And it was great that it was right on the park. Um, we had a nice dinner that night and it was kind of a buffet type meal, um, to get ready and carb loaded for the next night. Awesome. Awesome. Well, in that, that first day, I mean, I know you, you know, the, the group there that we work with does a great job of uh, managing expectations. W what was one of the things that really surprised you? Um, that first day, it surprised me how, uh, smooth and organized it was. They knew my flight, you know, they had my flight information. They had checked in with me to make sure my flight, you know, was on time. They had my name on the card waiting for me at baggage claim. Um, I just felt it was almost like a VIP experience where, uh, I felt like, uh, they had everything planned out to the T. Um, I really didn't have to put much thought into it. I had one backpack with hiking boots and my clothes and a camelback and, um, they had everything else taken care of. The other thing that just really surprised me was the, comfort I instantly felt with the guides. I was nervous because I'd never done any hiking. I didn't even own a pair of hiking boots. 
I had never used a camelback. <laughs> and so even though I've done many marathons, um, I've never hiked. And I'm kind of afraid of heights, so I wasn't sure how I would do in the canyon. Um, but instantly I felt secure. The guides are... Um, uh, they're wilderness first responders, and one of our guides was, I believe he was um, Navy SEAL, and um, one of the participants in our group was pregnant, and they knew about her pregnancy. They actually had a, like, uh, pregnancy delivery kit, you know. Um, wow, that's pretty for cool. That. Any sort of uh, ob- obstetric emergency, they were just very well prepared. That's awesome. And I I love, I know you and I talked about this and I love to share this with our listeners, the whole story about the hiking boots, because as you said, you, you know, being a marathoner, um, and you didn't have hiking boots. So tell our listeners, uh, that, that, that unique story of how you got your hiking boots. Cause you didn't go out and buy a pair. I just called my neighbor and I knew she was a nine and a half and I asked her if I could wear her hiking boots. Um, you know, I only knew about two or three weeks before the hike that I was going to be participating. Uh, so there really wasn't any, you know, any training or anything that went involved for me. I literally borrowed a pair of hiking boots. My sister brought me a camelback. I had no idea how to use it. And I would say I was, you know, the least prepared hiker in the group of six women. <laughs> and, and it was great. I, you know, once I got on the trails and I did have a big thick pair of wool socks and um I had no issues at all and the one thing I really want to emphasize is I was actually like kind of nervous and intimidated about you know hiking the Grand Canyon and I mean honestly any physical uh ability can hike can do these hikes the guide said that they can accommodate everyone from a wheelchair participant or somebody currently battling pancreatic cancer who may not have much strength or endurance, they can do everything from a beautiful um, hike along the rim, which just gives you amazing views of the canyon, all the way to, you know, a very experienced elite athlete that wants to do a rim-to-rim hike. And they can accommodate anything in between. Now, it seems like an oversell, but they have so many guides available to them that they really can tailor the hike to the participants that weekend. Um, and I really wanted to emphasize that because uh, the day before our hike, they took a guy in a wheelchair track chair down into the canyon. Um, so they really can't accommodate anything. And I want to open up this experience to people of all levels because um, they will group you to your capability. And the guides were paying attention the entire time, like, our pace and our cadence and even our, they were listening to our breathing to see, you know, how we were doing. Um, and, uh, I felt very secure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now take us to, uh, the second day, um, there as your journey continues. And I know that it changes a little bit because you get to wake up, uh, bright and early and it's a pretty special, um, you guys had great weather that weekend as well. If I, my memory serves me right. Yeah, so um, we dressed in layers, and it was a nice, cool morning. They had, in the back of the shuttle van, they had actually a very impressive buffet of cookies and chips and um, lunch meat sandwiches and croissants. Um, They had uh, non-meat vegetarian options as well, and we basically packed our own lunches, um, granola bars, and we had to each carry 
Yes. I believe we each carried three liters of water in our camelbacks, and then the guides also uh, hiked with extra water. And uh, they made sure that our boots were good and our camelbacks were ready and that we all had enough water. Uh, the trail that we went on um, had water available as well. Um, some of the trails don't, but the one that they chose for us did have water available as a backup. And um, so we packed our lunch, and um, we got started. So I think we started our hike around 8 a.m., 8, 8 between 8 and 8.30, and it was so, it was such an energetic morning. We took pictures at the trailhead, and we just couldn't wait to get started. So we um, started our hike. We, we were, you know, taking lots of pictures and really trying to just take it all in. And within 10 minutes of the hike, you know, when you first, when I first got on the trail, I was like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is a big deal. But within the first few minutes, I just felt at ease and at peace and just so happy and excited to be there. And my sister joined me, um, which really took the experience um, and made it so special for us. It's been a really rough year with um, my dad's diagnosis and um, journey with pancreatic cancer. And um, my sister and I got to do the hike together. Um, and it was, it was amazing. So halfway down, we um, stopped for lunch. So Tara, when you, you, I just want to circle back here. You said like, you know, when you started the hike, like what was that about? I mean, is it more, I mean, I've seen these pictures, you know, from, from your hike and from the other hikes. And I, I wonder if that overwhelmingness or being overwhelmed, is it just, you know, naturally you've, you said you've never hiked before. So was it partly, Hey, like, I don't know what I'm getting into. It's like when you run that marathon and you're like, Oh my God, like I've done this so many times, but am I, did I train enough, you know, yeah. right before that started? Or was it more like, Oh my God, I'm in the grand Canyon. And like, you're looking down and you're 1500 feet up in the air and on the edge of the cliff and you could fall over and like land in a ravine. It was more, no, it was more, uh, it was more the nervous excitement when you're on the starting line of a marathon. You know, that nervous excitement when you're like, I just want to get going. I just want to get on those trails. Um, it was just an overwhelming, almost majestic feeling of just energy and happiness. And I don't know if I felt that genuinely, purely happy and excited uh, in the whole past year. Um, I just felt it was it's just, it's almost just hard to put it into words. It was just seeing the canyon and knowing that you were going to be the 1% population that actually gets off the rim and down into the canyon and on the trails. It was just amazing. Uh, of all the millions of people that visit the Grand Canyon every year, I believe the statistic is like 1% actually get down on the trails. People come and they look at it for a few minutes and they drive away. And I just felt so fortunate that we had these uh, professional guys and they were going to get us on the trails. It was just that nervous excitement. That's really cool. Um, so getting down, like, so talk a little bit about the trail itself. I know from talking to you and talking to the other participants, you know, the guides are really good. They do this pre-stuff where, you know, they kind of, and you said it as well, they, they'll talk to you about your fitness level, what you've been doing, training, and they really gear the um, the hikes to everyone's physical capability. Um, and I know you had shared a story with me that I'd love for you to tell the audience here about like, you know, you guys had done one of the hikes and then there was some time left over and you guys did another hike. Yeah, and so um, we, 
um, like I said, there was one participant in our group that was pregnant and come to find out she was the most experienced hiker and most physical. <laughs> all six of us so uh, but I think they were taking a little bit of caution knowing that she was um, pretty far along in her pregnancy even though she did amazing on the hike and um, we also we were also on our way down they have to time the amount of time you take to get down and realize that coming back up is going to take even longer and so um, we were taking a lot of pictures and trying to take it all in and so our pace going down was a little slow and so when we started making our way back up and they realized oh these chicks are no joke you know we just you know we were trekking right back up the the canyon Uh, we got to the top and they could tell we had still a little more gas in our tank and they said girls let's go and they took us to a whole different trail the South Kaibab Trail the first trail we did was Angel Head um, and then they took us to South Kaibab it's um, we hopped in the van we went to the next trail and they just took our experience to a whole nother level because we weren't done yet. We got to go, you know, we got to do more. So the next trail was a different angle on the canyon, a different view on the canyon. It was a later part of the day around three o'clock or three thirty that we went to the second trail. The sun, the way that the sun was hitting the, tra- the canyon was, you know, just everything was different about it. And the whole feel of that trail was different. It wasn't as um, populated as the first one. And we got to hike for like another two hours on that second trail. The trails, I, not knowing the canyon and never hiking before, I pictured these very narrow trails where, you know, one step and you're off the edge of the canyon. Mm. But actually, they were wide enough to accommodate, like, you know, two people wide. And even if there was a train of mules coming, there was plenty of space to step on the inside of the canyon and let the mules pass. Hold on. Time out. So, wait a minute. You're telling me that there were mules in the canyon while you were hiking? Some people actually take mules to the bottom of the canyon back up, and we packed two mule trains past us. Um, but there was plenty of room on the trail to get out of their way. That that's pretty cool. I I, I mean I you know you've seen that in movies and you hear that, but to I don't think I heard anyone mention that you know that there would be mules and you know that so that must have been a pretty cool experience to see yeah. on the trails. It was um it was great and it wasn't as scary as I thought because there was enough space to move out of their way. Wow, that that's really cool. Okay, so now, so you get into the van, you do that second hike, and then the day is over, right? So let's talk about now the end of the journey here. Yeah, and so you would think that, okay, we did the hike. It felt amazing. At the end of a race, at the end of a marathon, you know how you're just – you feel accomplished, you're physical, you know, you've had a physical exertion. Um, it was a spiritual, honestly, a spiritual, emotional journey. I mean, over the lunch break, um, when we were at the bottom of the canyon, we had about a 45 minute lunch break. And I just, I found this quiet little spot by myself up on a peak. Uh, and I sat there and I just tried to take it all in, uh, and realize that, you know, there are, there's so much beauty in life and adventure. Um, and, uh, it was, it was just a very peaceful time. Then, um, after the hike, after the day, and you're like, we did it, you know, we hiked the Grand Canyon. Uh, we showered, we rested, um, we went for a little walk on our own and then we met for uh, dinner and, uh, the dinner was a great time to get the group together and kind of reflect on the day. And, um, and then you kind of think you're done and then they tell you, oh, tomorrow morning, we're going to do a sunrise. You know, we're going to see the canyon at sunrise. And so it's like just when you think you're done, 
there's one more adventure, um, which is why I want to, you know, kind of express to everybody that it's not just a one-day Grand Canyon hike. It's everything from hanging out in Sedona to doing the hike to then finally on the last day, we woke up, we got our coffees, and we went and we sat on the rim of the canyon in the pitch black dark, all alone, without anybody else around, and we watched the sunrise over the canyon. And sitting there with my sister and my coffee, the thing I remember saying to her is, Jenny, when things get really bad again someday, you know, with my dad, um, let's just please remember this moment um, of just pure peace and joy and beauty um, sitting there on the edge of the canyon. And literally, we were sitting on the edge of the canyon with our feet dangling over. Um, and so at this point in our life, when things actually are getting tough again, I keep reflecting back to that experience she and I had at the Grand Canyon as sisters, um, being together and supporting each other, and just I'm trying to remember that peace we felt um, because things right now are, are hard. So that's the other thing I want to relay is this experience would be fantastic for family members and friends and siblings and you know parents with their children, just a way to really connect and realize that like, you know, we're going to just keep fighting and we're going to keep working to raise awareness and try and find a cure. It's, uh, it's pretty special to say the least. I mean, I'm trying to put it into words, but you just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. You just have to do it. So with our audience listening, if you had to sum up this whole experience, uh, you know, and I think you've already done that a bit. Um, so I don't want to kind of sound redundant on this, but what was maybe, I mean, it, it, you know, I've seen pictures, I've heard, you know, you and I have talked multiple times. I've talked to other participants and I know this is probably going to be like the, the million dollar question and probably the hardest question, but if you had to pick one thing through that whole experience, what was the best thing about it? The experience gave me peace and hope, honestly. That weekend, experiencing the canyon hike and the whole adventure, it was the first time in a really long time that my mind was quiet. That's one thing to point out. The cell phone reception is very, very poor. Uh, you That's can, awesome. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, you can walk to the lodge, obviously, and get cell phone reception, but in your, in the, in the, um, the um, hotel, you know, the lodge where we stayed and certainly on the canyon and everything, the cell phone reception is very poor, um, which was a good thing because my mind was quiet. My heart was, I felt at peace. And like my sister described for the first time in a really long time, her mind was quiet. And I think any of us that are involved with pancreatic, you know, someone that has pancreatic cancer or has had pancreatic cancer, it, it affect, it's going to affect us for the rest of our lives. And doing that Grand Canyon hike and adventure, I just felt peace in my heart. And looking out, watching that sunrise over the canyon, I, I had a lot of hope. And the reason I really want to encourage people to do this is, it you know, we can all throw on our tennis shoes and sign up for a race. And a lot of people have gone from couch to 5K or couch to marathon. But the opportunity to partner up with some friends or family and really experience this unique, I felt, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, especially with the support of the guides, 
um, there's just nothing else to, <laughs> there's, there's nothing better. Well, I think you, uh, you sum that up perfectly, Tara, you know, and, it, and it's something that, um, you know, been there through my own personal experience that, that quiet time and that peace. And I've always said that pancreatic cancer is this evil cancer, you know, so to find peace in whatever way possible is, is pretty special. So, yeah, it was, um, for me, it, it is something, it's a memory that I'm gonna have, and it's a feeling I'm gonna try and tap into and remember for the rest of my life. I mean, I did that hike and I thought about my dad the whole time. And even though he couldn't be there, you know, with me to do the hike, um, he spiritually was with me. And, um, I, I just think you, you just, you just have to sign up and you have to do it because the experience was that amazing. Um, and it's really nice that you just have to do the fundraising and get the flight or drive and everything else is taken care of. After the sunrise hike, they knew our flight times. They knew what time we needed to be back to the airport. They had it all arranged, the guides. So we took the shuttle back to the airport. Um, we didn't do a scenic route. We didn't stop in Sedona and shop. We just went, you know, spent our time at the canyon that morning and then got back to the airport um, in a timely fashion. And we all got our flights and I was home on Monday. Well... Tara, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story and your family's fight with pancreatic cancer. And most importantly, thank you for all you've done for Project Purple. I know you've played a big part um, in our Minnesota chapter and engaging runners and helping us to recruit for grandmas in Twin Cities this year and everything that's happening here at Project Purple and in Minnesota. So thank you for your time. Our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family during this time as your father continues his fight. And uh, we appreciate all the support and love for our organization. Oh, well, thank you, Dino. I'm just, um, I'm happy to be here. And I just really hope people um, think outside the box a little bit and sign up. It's, it's an amazing, amazing adventure. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tara. Thanks, Tara, for your perspective on the Grand Canyon hike with Project Purple. Up next is Gene Taylor, founder and CEO of iConquer. So, Gene, welcome to the Project Purple podcast. And today uh, we're going to talk about iConquer and hiking the Grand Canyon. And we're excited to be working with you guys. And I think this is kind of a unique opportunity. We had Tara on the phone earlier and she was talking about her experience with her and her sister and everything that uh, they had experienced out there. And it was just really kind of surreal for me to hear her talk about it and uh, talk about her experience but we wanted to hear it from you know the the organizer and, and from your standpoint you know not so much of the project purple experience gene because that's going to be really tailored towards our our hikers and our people who get involved but sure. we really want to learn more about what you're doing within the charity landscape to help charities with this really cool event 
and then also learn a little bit, you know, naturally, as we just talked briefly, you know, you're out there. So you're on the, you're on the grass or you're on the dirt, I should say, or you're <laughs> on the ground there, you know, in, in the Phoenix area and, uh, would love to hear from your personal experience, you know, why you're doing this and how you started it and kind of go back to the very beginning of how I, I conquer started. So maybe we go there, Gene. So why don't, for our audience listening, um, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about your background, your experience and how you got started in the I conquer business and and then we can go into how this relates to charity excellent uh, excellent Dino. thank you very much um for having us uh and having me on um and and providing us the opportunity to um to talk about i conquer and 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 our programming and the and the things that we've done we're obviously super proud of our new relationship with project purple and the opportunity to use what we've done to um to further uh, the awareness of your mission, and then obviously uh, with the fundraising aspects of, of, of that as well. So again, thank you. We're really uh, appreciative of the opportunity of, of actually working with Project Purple, and then of course of being here this morning or today and being able to chat a little bit more and, and fill in the gaps of I, uh, about I Conquer. Not a lot of people ask us that, so that's a that's a that's a great place to start maybe in the beginning so we do appreciate that as well so um project or excuse me i conquer was the the original um name of the program was conquer the canyon and it was centered and the reason it was originally named that is because it was centered at grand canyon and the um the the actual roots of i conquer come from two different areas or, or two different things events kind of happened in in life that uh, made us um uh, put together I Conquer or create it in the first place. And the, the, so my background with uh, my wife and I is, is that we started our company called, <clears throat> excuse me, The Walking Connection. And, and we started that company in 1989, and that company specializes in luxury adventure travel all over the world. We do about 30 different countries with that, that program and, um, and, and do primarily walking and hiking-based adventures in, um, uh, on literally six different continents. Well, um, we all know the unfortunate um, uh, um, happenings on 9-11, and um, you know, in the States, it was, a, it was a really bad thing for everybody, and, and it was a really bad thing for our business at the time because certainly nobody was getting on an airplane to go any, you know, after that tragedy, nobody was going to go anyplace for a while, and so the travel industry started to die, and our business was obviously going to flounder because of that, and so um, as much out of desperation and creativity, um, and, and our love for the Grand Canyon, Joanne and I got in our car, went, drove the four hours north, and decided that we would go up there and hike and try to clear our heads and figure out what we were going to do with our business. Um, so we did that, and, um, and, and literally took a couple of people with us, and um, that had been um, hiking with the Arthritis uh, Foundation up in Washington, the state of Washington. And so we were hiking with the gal, and, and we were, she was telling us a bit about what her needs were in terms of fundraising and awareness. And we were telling her a little bit about what we were, had been doing with Walking Connection. And, um, and then by the time we got to the rim, we were all about two-thirds of the way up, and Joanne and I started talking about, well, why don't we rebrand uh, what we're doing at Grand Canyon? We'll kind of spin it off. We'll call it, as, like I said at the time, Conquer the Canyon, and we will base our program uh, um, f 
um, on the marathon uh, training and fundraising model that uh, nonprofits have been using for um, quite a while. So that was the actual very beginning of it. By the time we got, that was the the initial thought of it, and it, and so we decided we were going to marry what we were doing with Walking Connection to um, our desire to to work in the nonprofit uh, space and help with the awareness and the fundraising part of it. And by the time we got to the um, the rim of Grand Canyon, we actually walked over to Bright Angel Lodge, sat in the restaurant there, pulled out a napkin, wrote down kind of the four or five core principles that we wanted to build I Conquer around, and that was the very beginning of the program. We went back, um, we trademarked the name, and um, Walking Connection, we kind of put that on the back shelf, and then we started to build the I Conquer program. And the the really cool thing that we we think that you know, or the really cool thing about the program from the very beginning was it was it was always built as a walking and hiking adventure program specifically to be used for uh, non our nonprofit partners as a fundraising and awareness uh, driving program. So it was a it, from the very very essence in the DNA of the program, so to speak. It was it was the, the nonprofit aspects of it were baked right into the program and what and and how and and why we felt that was so important in the very beginning was what our experience with grand or with the walking connection in the past had been that that if we provided people from all walks of life meaning people with all with varied uh interests varied physical abilities um and those types of things, if they were all allowed to participate and we could create a program that would allow all of them to, to do something different during the the actual adventure, but then at the end of the day, at the end of the hike, uh, be able to still get together and share their stories, you know, even if they were on different trails, we found out that that it would that it would really further the mission of, uh, or the conversation about the mission of the nonprofit. It would, there were a lot of people now that would be in families, for instance, that say maybe the the mom is a you know top athlete, the dad doesn't you know kind of more of a weekend warrior, and you know a couple of teenage kids that are endlessly active. And and prior to what we were doing, they, there was no way for them to do everything together because they all had different fitness abilities and interests. But but with our hiking program it was we we have a and and all of the hikes that that happen with i conquer there's a, a you know a difficult hike a moderate hike and a more uh moderate or, or an actual easier hike so that we can combine all of those people together um let them experience their adventure and then at the end of of it celebrate it together and that was so that and that those were the two kind of core things that we wanted to do. We wanted everybody to be able to participate, and we wanted and we wanted them or we wanted to be able to push it purely through the nonprofit uh, sector, so that it would be the only way people could participate in iConquer. So that's the kind of the really long story, but that's how we got started. No, thanks for sharing that. I mean, it's kind of fascinating. I mean, one of my questions that I had, and you know, you, you answered it there, but I was kind of taking notes here. It was just why the charity aspect. You know, when anyone starts a for-profit business, I don't know if they necessarily think of nonprofits right away. Um, you know, sometimes that's usually like an afterthought. So uh, sure. I appreciate you guys having the forethought to think about charities and and the vision to to think about charities from the very beginning because I think that's important and. 
you know, I think the world would be a better place if more for-profit businesses thought about that. I mean, I think the tide's changing a little bit, but um, more need to, you know, I think we would, yeah. you know, and not you just know, for agree. us, but for everyone. Yeah, we agree. I mean, that's always been our philosophy. And so we, we're, you know, it's, it's interesting to us to now look at the, at the, at the growing emphasis that, that businesses and I think that, you know, especially individuals now are placing on the give back, um, you know, that it's not just about me, me, me. It's about you too. And it's about everybody else. And it's about, you know, that person, you know, that homeless person on the, the, the street. When the, We believe when they're standing out there um, and, and, um, and they're saying please and it's you should help them. Um, and that's what we do. And that, and that's, you know, that's the core of our business. I think it's important in today's world. I think it's important, period. I couldn't agree with you anymore, Gene. I mean, you're absolutely on point with that. So I, I wanted to, so talk a little bit about the hike itself, Gene, because I think it's really fascinating. You know, when we had Tara on here a little bit earlier, you know, Tara mentioned just the ease of, you know, everything, you know, showing up in the airport and, you know, someone's standing there with a sign and then that's it, you know, that that's all she needed to do. So, you know, what were you guys, when you guys thought of this like concept and started to think about like doing this type of event, which is different, you know, from, from a charity endurance program where we're used to going to the New York marathon or going to the Chicago marathon or Boston marathon or whatever marathon that might be. You know, there's logistics that are involved, there's the expo, there's check-ins, there's dinners, there's this. And then, you know, there's so much beforehand happening on site and then boom, then the race is that next day and then boom, you're off, you're back home. So this experience is totally different. Um, So what were some of the things, like how did you guys come up with that? Because I think that's really unique um, in essence. Um, You know, I'm sure you kind of, you know, have gone through some iterations or or through some evolution, you know, with the program itself as well. So If you can kind of elaborate on that and just the mindset and the thinking and kind of the strategy behind that as well. Sure. Well, we actually looked at it, excuse me, a little bit even more uh, in advance of the adventure itself um, prior. One of the things that we we knew, and especially with Grand Canyon, um, any canyon, but in particularly Grand Canyon, um, hiking a canyon it, we, it's canyoneering versus mountaineering, and that while it may sound technical or you know something that most people wouldn't be uh, or think of, mountaineering is like a marathon in as much as you, when you take off, you're on a, to climb a mountain, you're walking uphill, and when you get you will go as far as you want, you get tired, you turn around, stop, turn around, and come down. The marathon and all of those big events that you were talking about, Dino, if you get halfway through and you have some kind of challenge, whether whatever the challenge is, there's going to be somebody there to help you. And 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 if you can't finish or don't want to finish or whatever the circumstances is, there's somebody that's going to be there to take care of you. Well, we wanted to apply those same safety aspects to what we were doing in, in on a hike, but in truth, those are in the wilderness. And, and so we have to prepare for all of those things from a safety aspect, from a planning aspect, from um, an environmental aspect. All of those things we have to combine pretty far in advance of, of ever getting to Grand Canyon. The other component about Grand Canyon that makes it different than the marathon and the mountaineering aspect is the easy part of hiking Grand Canyon is going down first. So you get there in the morning, you're nice and fresh, you walk down a couple of miles and you go, wow, this is really super easy, fantastic, and it's Grand Canyon and it's beautiful. Then you turn around to come up, and then you go, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into? 
that's a really popular scenario that we hear. So <clears throat> I kind of told you all that to say that we started our, the program when we, we envisioned the program. We knew that people were going that the canyoneering aspect would be a new component for people, even if they were full on marathoners, that, that just the mindset and the physicality of it, different muscle groups <clears throat> and certainly like, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a different mindset as well. So what we wanted to do is make sure they were prepared. So like we um, introduced to Tara and Jen um, uh, earlier was we provide anywhere from an 8 to, <clears throat> excuse me, 12-week physical training program. So that it's a, it's a physical training program, but it's also a emotional mental preparedness program so that we want you to um, um, engage with us through not only our social platforms, but through our website and the training program so that uh, as much as eight weeks or 12 weeks in advance, so that when you come to Grand Canyon, you are like you would be at a marathon, you will be physically prepared to, to endure the rigors of the adventure. Well, when we first started the program, and um, there was no information on hiking, and literally we first started doing the research for this in the in the late 90s, believe that, seems like a lifetime ago, but when we first started doing the research, there was really very, very little information out there. So what we did is we put together the training programs um, and all of the pre-adventure stuff and, um, and then married that with the travel logistics of what happens when a person has gone through the physical training part, has raised the, the, the amount of money that they need to participate in the program, and then when they land in Phoenix uh, uh, or come to Arizona, what is it that we can do that will just instantly let them know we're going to take care of them every step of the way till they till we return it back to the airport safely. And then what we did is we literally went through step by step of everything, what's gonna happen, um, how do we do this, what works best with our guests, what what provides them um, with the the actually the mental ease of hiking Grand Canyon. Oddly enough, a lot of people who come to uh, the program, Dino, you'll find that they because we always ask them, have you ever been to Grand Canyon before? And inevitably, more of them will, you know, raise their hand and say, yeah, I went when I was 9, 10, 11. You know, my family took me there where we're really young, didn't really necessarily appreciate it, and certainly didn't go down and hike in there, in, in the canyon. So what we've done is we've provided them the emotional um, – uh, or a way to emotionally take in the power of Grand Canyon. So what we do from the moment people get into the airport, we start, you know, we, we provide them the visuals, the information, an interpretive experience um, so that they're prepared when they get to Grand Canyon. Then what, at the end of the day, our goal for them, for us is uh, for our guests to say, you know, I knew it was going to be beautiful and I knew it was going to be special, but I didn't know it was going to be this beautiful or this special. And I knew I was going to hike and I knew it was going to be challenging as well as I prepared, it was probably more or as much of a hike as I had planned. I'm glad I did what I did. I don't think I could do more, but I'm glad that I did. I'm tired. Let's eat. <laughs> so that's how. Uh, so that's the goal is to, um, to provide people with a, a you know in a, um, a physical and emotional training program, preparedness program, so that when they land in Arizona, they're fully prepared for the rigors of the adventure. But but at the same time, once they land here, they can just stop thinking about all of the everything that it took to get here and just enjoy their experience here, enjoy their teammates, understand more about the mission, um, certainly hike with you and, and your team members as well.
Did I hit it? Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. I mean, that was perfect. So I, I guess um, one of the, the last questions that I have for you, Gene, here is, you know, in terms of, you know, our listeners here and someone who's, ne- and I know this is going to be a hard one, someone who's never been to the Grand Canyon, you know, how would you sum up the whole experience? And not necessarily, I mean, we, you know, take the obvious of doing this for charity and working with us. But the experience itself, you know, maybe there's a sentence or two. I know putting it into one sentence is probably really hard. But how can you probably sum up this whole experience for someone from the outside looking in? I would have to say that um, if I, I could boil it down to one word, when I stand on the edge of Grand Canyon, the word to me that comes to mind is power. Because it took an enormous amount of power of nature somehow or another to create that chasm, to create that visual aspect, to create the, the as, as open of a space as it is, is as much of a barrier as it is because it's just daunting. It's, it's so big and it's so powerful. And so what I, I see in the ball that we take there is their ability or their relationship to that power and whether they've come to us through project purple or or just because we are all got in the car and went to grand canyon when you stand there i think and you take in that power when you walk away you 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 um you bring some of that with you and then it translates into your life no matter what because you're gonna feel smaller for having been there, but you're going to feel larger in as much as when you go there with us, you've done something that less than 1% of the people that ever go there do, which is to set foot on a trail inside the canyon. So those, the, it, it's, it's the power and then maybe the, and because that's the big takeaway. I hope that helps. That's spot on. I, I, that you hit it right on the, the nail on top of the head. So well, Gene, uh, thank you for the time, um, and you know we are going to uh, you know combine this with uh, Tara's interview, um, you know that we did uh, earlier, and and mm-hmm. we really do hope that this does give people the idea and the opportunity, you know, to get involved with us with I Conquer, but also you know w- what I expressed to Tara was. You know, it's a little bit different, you know, and that's where I think, you know, her dialogue that we had, um, it was important. And then hearing, you know, from you, the organizer and the founder of iConquer, you know, really, you know, the the background behind it. And I think you summing it up there um, and that last question really kind of hits home for our listeners that uh, this is something that's really unique and the canyon is truly you know, I, we've been posting a lot and hopefully you've seen that, you know, and we've got a yeah, campaign going and, you know, I mean, we've, we've been trying to change it up versus just hike the conquer or hike the Grand Canyon versus, you know, it's one of the world's greatest wonders of the world and see it up close, you know, and use some other terminology as well. That is very powerful inspiration and hope and, you know, breathtaking, you know, I think that, that people can relate to doing something like this. So thank you for the time. Um, to talk to us about this and we really do hope this kind of gets us some activity. I mean, we've got a small team going um, here in the spring, but hopefully in the fall we can replicate that with another team. So I appreciate it. 
Dino, we're going to do whatever we can do to make sure that this works for you, and this is, you know, wildly successful. We're, it's going to work. It's going to take us a little bit to build ahead of momentum, but we're going to stick with this. And we are fully committed. So we have been seeing your posts. We're going to boost some of those posts. Cool. Uh, you're not out here alone. We're we're going to push this, and um, I think Stacy May had told you. Um, I think somebody came new to the program through our website so yeah yeah there's been a couple good leads so you know we'll continue to do that and that's something that uh you know we'll we'll continue to 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 push and and continue to to have those conversations and to have it be part of the program here so uh we'll, we'll keep working at it you know hard work pays off and there's a there's a science behind it all you know and and that's what we're doing you know you got to keep hitting uh you know you gotta it's a contact sport so we still gotta we gotta keep hitting these people and keep marketing and talking about it it'll happen i'm, I'm confident yep well we share that as well so we'll do our part count on that absolutely well i appreciate it gene thank you for the time and uh we'll, we'll be in touch soon